Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 27. We have five headlines to get to coming from the week of June 19th. Here are the headlines. Another girl is raped in a school bathroom by a biological boy who identifies as a girl. A group of teachers in the Midwest admit to subverting parents. Maryland's governor says that banning LGBTQ books is the same as castrating children. New York says parents aren't the ones giving permission. They're the ones who need permission. And finally, the world's largest education publisher is including even more diversity, equity, inclusion, and social justice in its textbooks. That's right. Headline number one, the largest education publisher in the world, Pearson, just released new guidelines for their education materials. And of course, The goal is to include more diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. According to these new guidelines, Pearson Education is committed to fighting systemic racism in education. And in order to do that, they will be training their employees on their new standards that relate to race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, social class, religion, and disability. The main consultant for these new guidelines was a man named Dr. Jason Arday. And he said, quote, this is an important step to address systemic and personal bias related to race and ethnicity in academic content and to ensure that what we produce is anti-racist, accurate, and authentic. The guidelines produced represent a cultural shift in publishing that attempts to center race and racial equality at its core. End quote. So a cultural shift in publishing. What's that mean for future textbooks? They center on race and racial equality. That's what this man says. He was the main consultant. Again, Pearson is the largest education publisher in the world. So no doubt schools across America will soon be carrying these materials. I've seen their textbooks in my schools throughout my own teaching career. And now they're doubling down on the woke ideologies of diversity, equity, inclusion, intersectionality, and social justice. So if you're a parent and you have kids in any school, could be public or private, they all gotta use textbooks, it's really, really important that you get involved in the curriculum adoption process so that you can scan all the new materials. The same goes for teachers too. If you're not on board with teaching these radical political ideologies in your classroom, then you need to be ready for what's coming down the pipeline. You know, what are you gonna do if and when your school adopts a textbook that teaches intersectionality, which says that white people are abusive, Christians are abusive, heterosexuals are abusive, and adults use children. It happened to me in Chicago, and honestly, I wasn't ready for it, but hopefully you will be. Headline number two, the New York State Education Department is advising public schools to hide a child's trans identity from their parents. 
According to the state, it's okay to lie to parents as long as those schools claim to be, quote, safe, supportive, and affirming environments, end quote. The state released a guide for schools that says, quote, as students may not have disclosed their gender identity to parents or guardians, to friends or even other school staff, it is important that school personnel receiving this information keep it confidential unless the student explicitly states otherwise, end quote. The guide continues, quote, only the student knows whether it is safe to share their identity with caregivers and schools should be mindful that some TGE students or transgender and expansive students do not want or cannot have their parents or guardians know about their transgender status. Cannot or do not want their parents to know about it. So to be fair, the state guide does require schools to get permission before they help a child change genders, but it's not parent permission that the school is seeking, it's child permission. The guide says, quote, school personnel's acceptance of a student's asserted gender identity should require no more than a statement from the student expressing their preference. Schools do not need to require permission, letters from professionals, or other proof of gender identity, end quote. So all they need is a statement from the student expressing their preference. That's guidance from the state. Okay, the New York State Education Department says that. So the guide continued, quote, schools will want to work closely with students and their parents and guardians if given permission by the student to involve them in the planning. Young people are the best judges of their own sense of personal safety, end quote. If given permission by the student, young people are the best judges. Hmm. So quite literally, the state is removing parents and taking their place. And that's a literal statement. Kids are calling the shots. Kids are the ones giving permission, not the parents. Schools are raising the children, not the parents. Teachers and counselors are safe. Mom and dad are not. Schools no longer need permission from parents to teach the kids, but it's the parents who need permission from their kids to find out what's being taught in school. It's bizarro world. So just to compare, here are a few things the Bible says about children and them being the quote-unquote best judges. Proverbs 22 and 15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Proverbs 28 and 26 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walks wisely, he shall be delivered. Proverbs 29 and 15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. And Proverbs 29, 17 says, Correct your son, and he shall give you rest. Yes, he shall give delight unto your soul. Headline number three, Maryland's governor, Wes Moore, recently interviewed with former press secretary, Jen Psaki. In that interview, he stated that banning books on child sex changes is the same as castrating children. Here's what he said, quote, I continue hearing people making the argument that we're doing it because we want to prevent our students from having discomfort or guilt, end quote. Wrong. It's not about being uncomfortable or feeling guilty. 
I don't want children to learn about this in school because it's perverted. It sexualizes little children. It causes them undue confusion. And almost always is done behind the parents' backs. That's why the books should not be in schools. So he continued, quote, But the thing I realized and I wanted to speak out about is that's actually not true. It's a guise. It's not about making kids feel uncomfortable. It's about telling other kids that they shouldn't understand their own power. It's castrating them, end quote. So the governor said parents don't want their kids to, quote unquote, understand their own power. That's why parents don't want schools discussing sex changes with their kids. Also, this is another example of politicians using nice sounding words to justify horrible practices or horrible policy, right? You know, kids understanding their own power, quote unquote. It sounds positive, like the kids are superheroes or something. And these bad adults don't want them to be happy because adults, or excuse me, parents, are the villains. That's why these kids, you know, need to learn about sex changes so they can be powerful. And of course, anyone who argues against that doesn't care about kids or is afraid of how powerful kids are and they want to oppress the kids. So while parents in his own state are protesting at school board meetings about this sex change stuff, he's telling those parents what's best for their own kids. He wants to make the decisions for the parents against their wishes and against their will. That's where he and I differ. I believe parents should decide on when, where, and how they teach their own kids about sex. I don't want the government or public schools anywhere near it. Finally, I want to make one connection. In my own teacher training way back in 2020, and I talk about this in my book, teachers in Chicago were trained on intersecting identities, which is under the umbrella of intersectionality. So this was a graphic that said Christians were abusive, white people were abusive, Homeowners were abusive. It also claimed that straight adults use children as a tactic of abuse. So it pits adults, specifically straight adults, like most parents, it pits them against their children. Now, you see Maryland's governor saying that adults don't want kids to understand their power. So do you see how his claims are in line with intersecting identities? that straight adults use children. You know, straight adults are bad. They want to maintain their privilege. First, the idea was just talked about. Then it was written down. Then it was put on a graphic. Now, state governors are using those ideologies to build public policy. So if people say, you know, what's wrong with intersecting identities? Or what's wrong with critical race theory or gender ideology? What's wrong with parental secrecy policies? This is what's wrong with it. Here we have a state governor saying that schools are empowering kids by teaching them about sex changes and that parents are unsafe. So this way, schools and governments have the quote-unquote moral high ground to teach the children as they see fit. So this is what I call pulling back the curtain. You know, don't take things at face value with all this finding your power stuff, but peel back one layer at a time to figure out what's really going on. Headline number four, there's a group called the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center, or MAP, M-A-P, uh, 
They're a federally funded group that held a teacher training recently for dozens of teachers and administrators around the Midwest. The focus of the training workshop was to quote, remedy marginalizing effects and disrupt problematic policies, end quote. One issue that was discussed was how teachers and school staff can avoid telling parents about their child's transgender identity. In an online discussion, one administrator said, quote, we are working with our record keeping system so that certain screens can't be seen by parents. Like if there's a nickname in there, we're trying to hide, end quote. So this administrator is actively seeking ways to hide a child's most intimate sexual details from their parents. Another teacher said, quote, the stakes are very high for trans youth. I think that requires working subversively and quietly sometimes to make sure that trans kids have what they need, end quote. Subversively and quietly? FYI, to subvert something means to undermine their power and authority. She said it. There you go. This same teacher stated that whenever a teacher talks to their elementary students about sex, again, talks to their elementary students about sex, that teachers should not, quote, reinforce heterosexuality as the norm, end quote. You don't want to reinforce heterosexuality as normal. So if heterosexuality is not the norm, you want to take a guess what is the norm? Hmm. Again, this took place in a teacher training, which I've been saying for years that these teacher trainings are perhaps the number one way that indoctrination is taking place in schools, sneaking in through the back door or behind the curtain. And just to give perspective on this group, their outreach covers 7,000 schools and 11 million students. There are around 50 million students K-12 nationwide. So that's about 20% of all students are under the umbrella of this one group. And this is a group I've never even heard of before, but they still have such a massive impact, a massive outreach. This is why it's so important for teachers and parents to stay informed. And if you can, homeschool your kids. Headline number five, in New Mexico, a 12-year-old middle school girl was allegedly raped while using the school bathroom at her charter school. The girl said she was washing her hands in the girl's bathroom when an older biological male who identified as a female entered the bathroom. He grabbed her, forced her to the ground, and proceeded to rape her. The girl returned to class but didn't tell anyone about the crime because she was afraid of being called a bigot. The girl's parents noticed a sudden change in their daughter's behavior at home, you know, anxiety, depression, but they did not understand why. Then the girl's mom found her journal. The mom read an entry where her daughter explained that she was raped in school. Once the parents found out, they immediately contacted authorities. And even though this rape took place in 2021, the investigation is still ongoing. It turns out that the school's policy allowed students to use facilities that align with their gender identity and not their biological sex. So this was something that very few parents in the school were aware of. The school claims to be, quote, an inclusive environment that doesn't discriminate, end quote. 
But don't you think the rape victim and her family, who have since decided to homeschool after suffering lasting trauma, don't you think they would have appreciated a little discrimination between the sexes? You know, and maybe exclude males from using female facilities? That would have been better judgment. All right, fast fact number one, a high school teacher in San Francisco singled out the white students in her class and asked them to stand up and answer if they felt like a minority. This teacher's question was not related to her class, but the teacher later said that she singled out the white students out of frustration and anger because she felt the white students were dominating the class conversation, which is a claim that none of the students in the class agreed with. The students said in an interview that in the moment, they felt confused and sad because there was no correct answer they could give. After parents filed a complaint against the teacher, she was put on leave, investigated, and eventually given a 15-day unpaid suspension over winter break. So this story is important because this is the result of woke curriculum, such as critical race theory, where white people are privileged, oppressive, and abusive. You know, it's not just an idea on paper, it has real world consequences that are prejudiced and discriminate based on skin color. Fast fact number two, in Loudoun County, Virginia, a felony trial is set to begin for a school spokesman who denied knowing anything about a rape that took place in one of his schools. This has been a major story for a few years. I've talked about it a number of times on this podcast and wrote about it in my book. This case is about a teenage girl who was raped in the girl's bathroom at her school by a biological boy who was wearing a skirt. The girl's father was later arrested for making a scene at a school board meeting where school leaders said there has never been any sexual assaults in the bathroom, which was a known lie. So while all of this was taking place, the school superintendent was pushing to allow boys to use the girls' bathrooms. Well, that's all I have for you this week. That's the current state of state schools. Take care, all.